ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನತ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿಯೋಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಒನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಅ ಕ್ವಿಕ್ ನೋಟ್ ಐಮ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಮೇಕಿಂಗ್ ಶೋರ್ ದಟ್ ಐಮ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಯಾ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಆಲ್ ಗುಡ್ ಸೊ ಸುಬ್ಬು ಓವರ್ ಟು ಯು ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಹರಿಯೋಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಒನ್ so we are now in verse 4 of manisha panchakam uh, the mahavakya that is being spoken here is uh, i am atma brahma which is the self is the supreme truth uh, this is from the mandukya upanishad and uh, atharvana veda and it is called the anusadana vakya so if you actually see um, you know initially verse 2 was aham brahmasmi the mahavakya where the guru is saying i am brahman and then in verse number 3 he actually says tatvamasi you are that and in verse number 4 anusadana actually means that the disciple is coming back and reporting to the guru of his personal experience of the reality and saying you know i am atma brahma okay so the circle is actually complete you know from the guru to the shishya right i'll go into the chanting now yatiryang naradevata bihi ahamityanta sphuta grihyate ಯದ್ಭಾಸಾಹೃದಯಾಕ್ಷೇತನಾಕಮಂಡಲ ಸ್ಫೂರ್ತಿ ಸದಾಭಾವಯೋಗಿನಿವೃತಮಸೋ ಗುರುರಿತ್ಯಮನೀಷಾ ಮೌಖ್ಯಾಂಬುದಿಲೇಶಲೇಶತೈ ಮೇ ಶಕ್ರಾದಯೋ ನಿರ್ವೃತ ಯಚ್ಚಿತ್ತೆ ನಿತರಾಂ ಪ್ರಶಾಂತಕಲನೆ ಲಬ್ಧ್ವಾ ಮುನಿರ್ನಿರ್ವೃತ ಯಸ್ಮಿನ್ನಿತ್ಯಸುಖಾಂಬುಧೌ ಗಲಿತಧೀರ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮೈವನ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವಿದ್ ಯಕ್ಕಶ್ಚಿತ್ ಸುರೇಂದ್ರವಂದಿತಪದೋ ನೂನಂ ಮನೀಷಾ ಮಮ ನೂನಂ ಮನೀಷಾ ಮಮ ಓಂ ತತ್ಸತ್ ಸೊ ವಿಲ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಗೆಟ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ದ ದ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದೀಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲಿಟರೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಸೊ ವರ್ಸ್ ನಂಬರ್ 4 ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈನ್ ಸೇಸ್ ಯಾತ್ರಿಯಂ ನರದೇವತಾಭಿ ಅಹಮಿತ್ಯಂತ ಸ್ಫುಟಾಗೃಹ್ಯತೆ ಸೊ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಬ್ರೇಕ್ ಇಟ್ ಅಪ್ ಯಾತ್ರಿಯಂ ಯಾ ಇಸ್ ಬೇಸಿಕ್ಲಿ ರೆಫರಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ತಿರ್ಯಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದಿ ಆನಿಮಲ್ಸ್ ನರಾ ಇಸ್ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದೇವತಾ ಇಸ್ ದ ಗಾಡ್ಸ್ ಓಕೆ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಸೆಡ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಇಸ್ ವೆರಿಲಿ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಇನ್ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ಸ್ um you know uh, the gods and all the animals and this sputa grihyate sputa is clear very visible shining grihyate is possessed so it is within the atma so in the atma the consciousness is very much there clearly possessed and present in all the animals human beings and the gods yat basa hridayaksha deha vishaya banti svato achetanah so yat basa yat basa is that light of consciousness now here he talks about hridayaksha deha vishaya 
hridayaksha means hridaya is uh, the heart the mind aksha is referring to the eyes which is the necessarily meaning the sense organs deha is the body the physical body and vishaya the external objects okay so if you actually see he is moving you know when he is describing the self and the consciousness he is saying this light of consciousness is the one banti swato achetanah banti is these hridaya aksha deha vishaya is insentient but it appears sentient because of this light of consciousness and if you actually see um there is a movement from hridaya aksha deha vishaya so it comes from manomaya kosa to you know uh, the sense organs and then from there to the body nanamaya kosa and then the external object so he is saying everything outside of this okay um is insentient um, and it is the light of the consciousness which is actually making them appear sentient line number 3 Tam 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 is referring again to the, you know, uh, the the you know, mind uh, body in the sense argon. that is which is eliminated, uh, which is is illuminated illuminated by this arka mandala. arka is actually sun and mandala is the disk around the sun so basically what it's saying is that the clouds okay pihitar apparently clouds the sun which is the effulgent and giving the illuminance to everything in this world the clouds which is getting the illuminance from the sun itself conceals the clouds right so and sada bhavayan so spurtim sada the one who understands this principle and sada bhavayan ever meditates on this yogi nirvrita manasohi that is he is a yogi uh with complete and clear understanding manasohi verily in the mind ityesha manisha mama this is my firm conviction so somebody who is this is an enlightened soul right so if i have to sum it up in terms of uh, those four lines it says the self or the pure consciousness is experienced clearly by all animals human beings and gods alike it is a reflection of this pure consciousness that the mind sense organs and body appear which are sentient appear to be sentient so it is the one which is actually illumining everything else and making things work for us external objects are perceived only because of this the self is however concealed by the very mind senses and body which are illumined by it just as the metaphor here is just as the sun is concealed by the clouds the sun which illumines the clouds um you know uh, is being concealed by the clouds so similarly uh, the mind and body and the organs are illumined by the self but it is concealing the self so that is a metaphor that is being used here a perfect person of perfect realization and wisdom due to his complete and clear understanding ever meditates on his mind on the supreme consciousness such a person is a real guru or the perceptor and this is my manisha mama which is my perfect conviction so this is verse number 4 going to verse number 5 this is actually the culmination of manisha panchakam so it is basically mokshasya ananda which is like the bliss of liberation um it is the palastuti just like you know uh, chanting every shloka there is a benefit that is being attributed to it so this is the benefit of manisha panchakam the fruit of oneness advaita philosophy which is coming here we have already done this so coming back to the transliteration of this uh, verse yet saukyam budi yat is again referring to the brahman saukya is bliss you have to chant you have to chant this no i chanted this okay yeah, i'll chant it chanted again. this okay ಯೋಕ್ರಾದೃತಾ ಯಶಾಂತಕಲನೆ 
bliss okay which when meditated upon by the munir the sages gains adequate fulfillment okay so basically a fraction of it is enough to satisfy the celestial gods and the muni the sage who's you know consistently meditating on the supreme bliss and uh, just by a prashanta kalane prashanta kalane is something which is prashant is something peaceful right something which is you say prashanti nilayam so prashanti is peace um so somebody who's with a peaceful mind can experience adequate fulfillment if he wants to just meditate on the bliss supreme and the third line and the fourth line is yasmin nitya sukham budo kalitha di brahma brahmaiva na brahmavid kalitha di is a key word here di is dio yana prachodayat you know the part of gayatri mantra where you talk about the intellect and kalitha is something which is dissolved something which is merged okay so galita dihi galita dihi means ones whose intellect is completely unified with the supreme self or merged or dissolved he has nitya sukham budav he experiences always the ocean of supreme bliss and he is brahmaiva na brahmavid brahmaiva is he is not just uh, na brahmavid is not just a knower of brahman but he is brahman so somebody whose intellect is dissolved merged can experience the ocean of supreme bliss and he is verily brahman and not just a knower of brahman that what brahmaiva na brahmavida means that you know na brahmavida is not a mere knower of brahman but brahmaiva which is something like sa sa evam cha vi saw that in verse number 1 and uh, where you say sa evam aham okay and then we say brahmaivaham idam so brahmaiva aham so basically what we are referring to is basically if that person is not just a knower of brahman but brahman himself yakaschit surendra vandit pado so who or be that person okay right surendra surendra again refers to indra and the celestial god vandit pado that person's feet is worthy of worship by the indra and this is certainly my conviction noonam manisha mama so that's what he's saying that you know somebody who is actually uh, not just a knower of brahman becomes brahman by actually meditating on the supreme and whose intellect is merged and nullified that person is worthy of worship by indra his feet is worthy of worship by indra and that is my firm conviction so the translation fully comes like this the self is the eternal ocean of supreme bliss a minute fraction of this bliss is adequately enough to satisfy indra and the other celestials only by meditating with a perfectly calm mind on the bliss supreme and not by any other means the sages experience adequate fulfillment
so it's what is being prescribed is the prerequisite is a calm and you know a perfectly calm mind and meditating on the supreme whose intellect is ever unified with the eternal ocean the ones whose intellect is dissolved merged in the blessed supreme is not just a knower of brahman but brahman himself so such a person whoever may be and no matter at all uh, who he is his feet are worthy to be worshiped by the indra and the other gods and this is definitely my firm understanding which is nityesha manisha mama nunam manisha mama so that brings to the close of the translation and the of the verse now open to discussion rajesh over to you thank you thank you subhut that was fantastic you know awesome. i really like this thank format you. because so uh, it kind of you know, summarizes and i think uh, subhu you, you do a fantastic job of breaking down the words and explaining it so well that it's uh, hey, it's the context you, for uh, the discussion thank you so much for this thank you sairam yeah yeah absolutely huge plus one is, to that yeah plus one to that it's awesome actually yeah. same yeah, thank, thank you. you thank you subhu thank you subhu i'm just stopping sharing my screen no huh? thank you i'll yeah. just post this presentation in the group so for everybody to see you know? yeah thank you yeah. all right with that i think uh, we can uh, start off with our uh, discussions anyone can share what you what struck you when you read these two shlokas There's a slight difference between the text we read, uh, Swami uh, Ji's uh, text that we read and this translation, isn't it, Subhu? Uh, did you uh, happen to uh, read that uh, Swami Ji's text as well, Subhu? Yes, I did, but I know that you know um, the interpretations are slightly different, slightly different, um, slightly different but uh, I have Overall actually gone. Yeah. So I've just tried to because you know in Sanskrit also what I realized is the words mean something but the placement of the words the grammar is very different, right? The the subject comes a little later and you know uh, then the words and grammar come so it's very difficult to know whom he's referring to, right? Sometimes that confusion is there, but uh, I referred to two three uh, uh, books. One is uh, you know I liked um, Tadatmananda's uh, lectures. Okay. Uh, it is wonderful. He's done Manisha Panchakam. I'll try and share it within the group. I just uh, hit upon it yesterday, and uh, then the other uh, thing was something which I shared earlier. You know, one uh, devotee of uh, Mahapariva had actually done this, and the third reference I had was, um, you know, um, uh, uh, Guru Paramartha Nanda's uh, text on Manisha Panchakam. So the, these are the three references I used, and of course. some of them have used the same word with different meanings right so sometimes it is confusing but so that's why i decided to make some changes to ensure that at least we understand it in one light yeah no broadly broadly it is the same uh, yeah. yeah what what i understood swami guru parananda's uh, text that we are reading right um that one he says uh, yeah consciousness is an ocean of bliss and uh, even a droplet of a droplet that is lesata lesata uh, that's the phrase that you were referring to right uh, even a yeah. droplet of a droplet a fraction is of that yeah yeah is sufficient to uh, uh, you know satisfy uh, the this thing of brahma uh, of indra and other gods right uh now a person who has realized has this whole ocean of bliss at his disposal is uh, was the this thing i did not get that just from 
uh, your uh, uh, that that slide does the summary you said, but it was something close to that. Right. There is a mention that uh, the sages Munir is, uh, you know, has the capacity to, you know, reach out to the ocean of bliss. It's it's come in that perspective and not like a full uh, okay. perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Got oh. And and so, but to your point, right? Uh, Sanskrit is confusing. One of the things that I'm learning is that. Uh, 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 the words, the, the placing of the words in a sentence really doesn't matter because Sanskrit seems to be a pretty structured language where uh, there is only one, uh, I would say, not a noun, I would say there's one agent in, in a sentence who is doing an action. So if you find a verb in a sentence, there can be only one agent who is doing that action. Rest all are either qualifying the agent or qualifying the verb. Mm. Can you want a quick illustration? Go ahead. Yes, yes, please okay, go so ahead. Sanskrit from our high school. So uh, you have like uh, the noun itself becomes declinable. So like in many languages, uh, at least Indian languages, uh, whatever uh, case you would say, uh, like nom nominative, ablative, possessive, and so on, like there's like eight cases. And uh, that case ending, gets attached to actually the noun. So that is why anytime you have uh, any noun, the way it ends, whether it, so there will become three genders, masculine, neuter gender, and feminine gender. So it'll be akaranta, pulingaha, masculine gender, rama shabda. So you have to learn how la, rama would be used in all the different ways. And then it'll be akaranta, strilingaha, sita shabda, because it becomes sita. And then it could become uh, something like Brahman Shabda, which is like a neuter gender. And then further to this, there is, uh, I think only in Sanskrit I've seen, there is a case for dual. So one singular, many plural that we all know, but there is one for dual too. So if there is two, that's considered a special thing. So now you have like noun and you have like eight cases, uh, the subject, the object, whether they possess something, it is their ownership and so on. That's like eight. And the eighth one is like how you call them. Eight cases times three. So any every single noun becomes 24 different forms. So now when there is Rama, if you are saying Rama is the subject, there can be one Rama, two Rama, many Rama. So Ramaha, Ramau, Ramaha. Then when they become the object, Ramam, Ramau, Raman. Ramena, Ramabhyam, Ramehi, Ramaya, Ramabhyam, Ramehi, Ramasya, Ramayoha, Ramanam. Hey, Rama, hey, Ramo, hey, Ramaha. I didn't tell the whole thing, but like, that is how it will finish. So you will like go into this big 24 and then A, A, E, E, U, U, and then various different endings all have different things. And then there are, of course, special cases too. So like that's like the starting part of the, the uh, Sanskrit grammar. It's like they make you memorize like all these things over and over and over again. So now when you say Ramaha is first person, Ravanam, because he did something to Ravana. So Ravanaha becomes, it is not Ravanaha, it's Ravanam. And then like, for example, killed, vadati. So Ramaha, Ravanam, vadati. So now Rama is a subject, Ravanam is the object and vadati is the action that's been done. So but now because everything is like kind of, vadati is because the person subject is the one who is doing it and object is very clear. Now these three words, you can put in all the six combinations you want. So Ramaha, Ravanam, vadati, 
ராவணம் வதத்தி ராவணக ராமக வதத்தி ராமக ராவணம் வதத்தி ராவணக ராவணம் ராமக எனி ஆர்டர் யூ புட் த மீனிங் ரிமைன்ஸ் த சேம் வாங்கோ where they want along the four yeah. five six to make and it seven rhyming, yeah. mm-hmm. so whenever there is anushtuk chandasya the fifth syllable sixth syllable and seventh syllable needs to be long and short based on some rules so now they can change the order in whichever way they want to to fit this but that's not to say there will not be any confusion because then they will like do lot of phrases and now it could still like you can you know because again of the same reason now you can put this thing and then you want to know which phrase goes with the which phrase for which we still need the the gurus but anything that where you have like this uh, prose form of speaking or when there is one small sentence at a time that part we are cool like there is only one interpretation that's awesome that's awesome, awesome. and, and <laughs> just you. to just to ex- expand on what uh, krishna you were saying right you said ramaha ravanam vadati correct mm-hmm. so that means in the sentence it says uh, the way that uh, ravanam is it's not ram uh, it's not ravanaha because then ramaha ravanaha it, it will be a problem correct right? now that means that's the object what you're saying that's, yes. that's the whatever the uh, the uh, agent object. agent is acting on yeah. the on the yeah. object now yeah. if you want to introduce uh, introduce another complication saying that Ra, rama killed uh, ravana with a with an arrow then you say it arrow in a, in a third way in a third way that it will decline ramaha ravanam banena vadati so banam is not it's not bana is not translate is not declining as ba, ramaha it will be banena so i'm kind of you know, learning that it's a very superb way of uh, you know understanding this and by the way you know while yesterday you know you've seen me post something about chat gpt right there's a reason why i did this yesterday and i want to share this with you on the screen i'll do some research yesterday so are you able to see my screen yeah yeah we can yes. what, what do you see on the screen i am atma brahma was not a phone i am atma brahma so i try to put this sentence this is a sentence this is a sentence by itself right i am atma brahma so this has three words i am atma both put together it's i am atma brahma okay so technically it means this self brahma okay now there's no verb in this sentence so typically when there's no verb you got to supply is which is asti i am atma brahma asti that means this self is the supreme truth or this self is brahma that's what it means now if you look at look at here now in this if you go with the same logic okay is 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 the verb which is the subject in this is it this is atma this is brahma this is this brahma is atma this atma is brahma what is it so we have to figure out what is the subject yeah. what is Correct. the object or what is the a verb is clear verb is is 
I mean, it's not there in that in that thing, but verb is is. But then, depending on depending on how we interpret it, this can be the this can be the uh, subject in a sentence, and they can be only one subject in the sentence. And Atma can be a subject. That means the rest of the things I am and Brahma are not subjects. Then Brahma can be the subject. Then I am and Atma are not the subjects. So either they qualify the verb or they should qualify the noun. This sentence. So that that is a very interesting thing for me to kind of you know talk to Chat, chat GPT yesterday. Nice. Actually, and, in the uh, hey. Go ahead, Raj. No, no, one, just one more addition. One of my favorite examples where sometimes Sanskrit grammar is not followed, uh, but but like the, I lay, allow the story, the sanctity of our Vedas, right? So you don't change the Vedas, you change the interpretation from a guru. So, for example, in third chapter, uh, Arjuna asks, papam charati purushaha. If everybody knows all these things, why are human beings compelled to do papam, right? So Krishna says, kama yesha krodha yesha rajoguna samudbhavaha. So he says, Kama Yesha, Kama is one. Krodha Yesha, Krodha is one. Papam, Rajogunaha, it's because of Rajoguna, Samut Bhavaha. So he says in singular, right? Like in one. But it is two things. So if it's Kama Yesha, Krodha Yesha, you should have said Rajoguna, Samut Bhavau. Ramaha, Ramau. So you should have Samut Bhavau. Why didn't he say dual? So, you, so then Swami Paramarthananda beautifully says, Either uh, Krishna does not know Sanskrit grammar or Vyasacharya does not know Sanskrit grammar or we have to understand in a different way. So Adi Shankaracharya to the rescue, he says Kama and Krodha are two sides of the same coin. So when you are Kama, you have attachment and desire on one thing. When it is obstructed, it becomes Krodha. Krodha. So that is why he still uses it in singular. Superb. Superb. Yeah. Oh, that is beautiful, Krishna. Um, I was going to say, Guntax, this chat GPT, right? Uh, like the more you give it, the more you keep correcting it. It says, "Oh, apologies. Yeah, you're right." And it did it two two times with you, and it's yeah. done done that numerous times with me. So it's just learning, and yeah. it's uh, basically trying to figure figure it out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it can decipher what you want it to decipher. <laughs> No, and also it's it's a very English is very uh, I would say difficult to express some of these uh, Vedantic concepts. Correct, in correct. It's, it's really inadequate. So I would not blame ChatGPT, but I'm saying you know I was playing around with it yesterday, and I I tried to confuse it by saying Atma is uh, masculine, Atma is neuter, and all that stuff. So it, it kind of you know threw up some you know uh, inconsistent yes. results to the best. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, um, Krishna the. Uh, the Sanskrit uh, preciseness and, and how you explained it is, is very, very clear. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, the, also the, the initiative that Subbu and Sakuba took in terms of to help us understand how the transliteration and all goes, it's really important because, you know, uh, sometimes reading the English translation or something, we could kind of get you know, lost in the trees, but we had to look at the big picture and... Uh, you know that's that's very important and 
and you know rajesh uh, you know as i was doing this i think only in the fourth and fifth i realized that there are some keywords in every line yeah okay if you just know the keywords i think you can just you know then understand everything that is being said like you know for example that galita deer which is there no these intellect and galita something which is dissolved in like what is the benefit of that then you know the experiencing the ocean of bliss so it's it's like uh it comes very naturally then you know then you don't really need to go for a uh reading of the commentary again and again you understand what is being said yeah which one is it i'm sorry i i which so he the... says no galita dehi brahmaiva na brahma vidam in the fifth verse third line uh yasmin nitya sukambodo galita dehir brahmaiva na brahma vidam galita dehi is the yeah. dehi is intellect galita is dissolved once the yeah. intellect is dissolved yeah the brahmaiva na brahma vidam the person is not just an over a brahman but he is brahman himself so that's that's the key yeah. yeah thank you thank you in fact um, you know i really liked the metaphors which has been given you know the example that is being given of uh, the sun right um, even though it is uh, illumining the clouds okay uh, the clouds is concealing it but still things are illumined by the sun itself right so even if the sun is not visible it still reveals everything which is uh, you know in its path right and similarly even if you cannot see the consciousness right is revealing everything your body mind senses everything uh, but you're not able to you know see i think that was a wonderful ex- example you know yeah and uh, the other one which i felt was very nice was uh, you know when i heard tadatmananda's uh, tadatmananda's lecture yesterday he referred to this galita di in a different fashion you know he said he gave the example of sri ramakrishna saying that uh the ramakrishna used to explain this galita di in a you know fashion of you know uh explaining how a salted dove okay a salted boat is you know getting into the ocean right so when a salted boat gets into the ocean it finally dissolves and then it doesn't become separate from the ocean like so that's exactly how he describes the fifth stanza third line galita dihi brahmaiva na brahma vidha so just the salted boat enters the ocean and then it actually you know completely merges dissolves and disappears and uh, the other part which i liked very much was you know um it says that you know it keeps saying you know quiet and mind is required for realizing the supreme ocean of bliss sukham budhav etc but what is important here is that you know it's just a it's always there right it's just that the clouds move away that you get uh, exposed and you know you suddenly realize the you know consciousness and the you know the illuminate uh, illumination of the self itself so he actually uses this word called praptasya praptihi okay so praptasya praptihi is you know acquiring what you already have yeah so you already have it everybody it's just a question of revelation right it's not about acquiring something or anything like that it's just a revelation that is coming from within so i think some two three other points i just made a note i thought i'll just share yeah no beautiful subo thank you so much for that yeah so just to add on to that analogy right you know one of the big aha moments that i've had was um, uh, the this analogy about the clouds which are actually uh, illumined by the sun but unfortunately the very very sun that is illumined is blocked by the clouds itself so there is another uh, shloka which comes in uh, when we do surya namaskar i sometime back uh, you know i posted the bunch of uh, the surya namaskar sequence for all of you right what i was following and then vidya posted uh, uh, some uh, mantras that you need to chant on every every uh, uh, every every round that you do like mitraya namaha ravaya namaha she posted that actually there's a shloka on top of it which uh, which goes like this and i'm going to read it for you i, I don't i have not by hearted it okay so it says that uh, 
ಹಿರಣ್ಮಯೇನ ಪಾತ್ರೇಣ ಸತ್ಯಸ್ಯಾಪಿಹಿತ ಮುಖಂ ತತ್ವಂ ಪೂಷಣ್ ಅಪಾವೃಣು ಸತ್ಯ ಧರ್ಮಾಯ ದೃಷ್ಟೆಯೇ ಓಕೆ ಐ ಗುಡ್ ರೀಡ್ ದ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಫಾರ್ ಯು ರೈಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ರಿಮೆಂಬರ್ ದಿ ವಾಟ್ ಸುಗು ಸೇಯಿಂಗ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ದಿ ಸನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದಿ ಕ್ಲೌಡ್ಸ್ ರೈಟ್ ಸೊ ದ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಸೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ವಿ ಡೂ ವೈಲ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ವಿ ಡೂ ಸೂರ್ಯ ನಮಸ್ಕಾರ ಇಟ್ ಸೇಸ್ ದ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಅ ಲೆಟ್ ಟು ಅ ವೆಸೆಲ್ ಓ ಸನ್ ಯುವರ್ ಗೋಲ್ಡನ್ ಆರ್ಬ್ ಕವರ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಎಂಟ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಟು ಟ್ರೂತ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ಲಿ ಓಪನ್ ದೈ ಎಂಟ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಟು ಲೀಡ್ ಮೀ ಟು ಟ್ರೂತ್ so basically what it says is you know although the sun is illuminating the entire universe okay but that illumination itself is covering the entrance to the real truth that means the universe is being disclosed to me revealed to me as an individual but the universe is not real but there's something else which is real okay and you're blocking it bring bring that back into me beautiful beautiful thank you so much very nice fact uh, you know yesterday taratmana's uh, taratmananda's lecture he actually spoke about manisha panchakam being a part of three uh, so he started saying that you know the first thing to do is sadhana panchakam and secondly he said is manisha panchakam and followed by manisha panchakam is drik drishya viveka okay so he mentioned these three things i'm yet to figure out what it is but if uh, anybody knows maybe you can uh, you know let me know yeah we finished triptrishya viveka in uh, okay. in our satsang subha i see okay sadhana okay. panchakam i am not 100% sure if we did this but we did the sadhana chatushtaya which is see, okay. uh, uh, maybe it is it is the same i do not i don't i don't remember now it's there in your uh, this one link or something it's available triptrishya viveka it will be there krishna oh, okay. krishna too would have put it there for sure okay yeah so i think that book is also available by many swamis uh, swami paramarthananda and then of course swami guru bhaktananda also has in the uh, chinmaya mission one uh, sadhana panchakam is like generally the first one i think it's like a five verses uh, by adi shankaracharya as like a qualification uh, okay. for for uh, doing the vedantic study i think it's like a list of uh, no i'll figure it out i'll i'll uh... yeah. Yeah, reach out in case yeah yes and then drigdrishya is the seer scene it's like one of the ways of okay. explaining okay. how everything is the sub like everything yeah. is an object and then that's when finally the subject is only one yeah. out, the subject yeah. is the only thing that remains so for me i remember the story actually swami sarvapriyananda ji he mentioned this in one of his lectures that uh, somebody said to nisargadatta maharaj he said uh, oh you are a, you know about brahman tell us about that and he visibly got upset and said no i am not a knower of brahman i am brahman so it's the same thing brahmaivana brahmavit so you become brahman yeah. that's like no knowing of uh, brahman at that so he quotes that line when explaining this and uh, addition to the sun i like the parallel example of uh, wave ocean and then water and uh, there was one like there was uh, shared on uh, bhagwan ramana's fb feed i follow that so i'll post that uh, one nice picture they had just today night i'll post it after our satsang is over and it says like all that wave has to do is drop the ignorance that it is something different 
So if you think I am very separate, I'm kind of flowing on my own. Look at how big I am. I'm going to have like 10 hops before I reach the beach or something. Then it's a wave, but it says, no, I am cost because of the ocean. That's a jagat. But in turn, both of them are essentially water. So nothing else needs to change. All the wave needs to do is drop the ignorance that I am this separate thing. Actually, Uday, uh, did you read um, the text which I think Alpana had shared? No, this. Um, I think there it talks about a little stages in terms of realizing the Brahman. No, first you ego sense in all beings, and then Upadhi is becoming Sattvic, and then yeah. um, the benign presence of the divine. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Mm. Yeah, and also I just want one clarification: Is it the cloud that is being illumined by the sun? or the clouds that are created by the sun that are blocking the sun is uh, is there a we, we cannot we, we cannot see the clouds without a light shining on it okay yeah oh. even i've understood it as uh, illumine while i understand where you're coming from that the uh, same sun is actually creating the uh, waters creating to evaporate and form yeah. the clouds creating the clouds right. but at the same time I think what is the metaphor that is being used is that, uh, you know, we are able to see the clouds because of the sun, but it's the same clouds which are actually illumined by the sun are actually hiding the sun, right? Just like uh, the self is what is giving the, you know, uh, the strength and sentience for the mind, body and the organs, but it is the same mind which is actually hiding the consciousness, you know, that oh, is the analogy. Cool. Yeah. And yesterday I, I came across this website. I'm going to post it here. I, I, I'm not too sure if, if, I, if I have the, uh, I don't have WhatsApp on my laptop, but I'm going to post it here. And, uh, you know, please check this thing out. It is a very interesting link for each of the Manisha Panchakam uh, shlokas, right? Uh, the Whoever has written this has written it very, very nicely. They are giving you certain practices as to how you can meditate on that shloka. Techniques for okay. meditation on that particular shloka. So you might want to check it out. It's really good. Okay, this is the one, right? Yeah, okay. I'll post it in the group. Yeah. Guntax, on this site, uh, is there a section for Manisha Panchakam or, or are you referring to the four Mahavakyas? Uh, look at the four Mahavakyas. Four Mahavakyas, yeah, yeah. got it. Four. It's pretty much, uh, I think it's it's not, not exactly Manisha Panchakam, but it's more Mahavakyas than how one can you know apply it in daily sadhana. Hmm. Like when someone says, uh, uh, I am Atma Brahma, what do you mean by that? How do you understand it? How do you, how do you say, how do you meditate on, let's say, Tattva Masi? Hmm. Hmm. 
that's the nididhyasana mm. part of it right so which we are supposed to be training our mind on So another another insight, I think, uh, uh, I don't recall where, which Upanishad it is, and maybe Gunz, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it talks about different gradations of happiness. Okay, and I think this last loka which talks about... Yeah, that's what I was uh, going to mention. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Gunz, you, you explain that. I know that you've done a lot of research on that. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, from the Taitriya, actually, and... Uh, there is an explanation there of uh, Subhu. Were you going? Were you saying something? Sorry. No, no, no. Even I've read about this. Uh, I uh, that there are three types yeah. of happiness. No, Priyam, Moham, and uh, correct, uh, correct. Something else. Yeah, one. Yeah. More, yeah. From Pramodam. Yeah. yeah. Pramodam. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The way I remember it, I, I keep remembering PC because it's Pramod, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, no. In the Taitriya, actually. Um, there is uh, gradations of uh, this bliss or happiness. And the first one is a very uh, physical type of... Uh, actually, this gradation is not the uh, the three levels, the way I understood it, Subhu. Uh, but there are uh, multiple levels mm -hmm. of that. Uh, in fact, in Taitriya, um, uh, the, the five koshas are introduced, right? The five sheets model. So, as you keep going into that, uh, deeper into the sheets, from the uh, uh, Anna, Sosha, that's the physical, and then the Prana, the life force, then it goes into the mind, the Manomaya, and then um, Vijnanamaya. So, when you switch from the Manomaya, that's the third sheet, into the Vijnanamaya, that's the knowledge sheet, then you go from the uh, from your local understanding to a universal understanding. The, that's kind of how it is explained. And then from Vijnana Maya, you go into Ananda Maya, which is the bliss. It is called the bliss sheet itself. Um, so as you keep going from this, uh, the importance of Vairagyam is introduced. And uh, that's where it comes in, I, I, I think, uh, going back to your question. So the first one is this, like what uh, Subhu was mentioning, there's three levels of you. First, you have a, a Priya, which means you you, are, you have a desire for something. Uh, so these are levels of Vrittis or uh, thoughts in your mind. So it's never really the uh, you attaining that thing which is giving you the satisfaction. It explains that it's only it's all working inside of your mind that gives you the satisfaction. So when you go through these three levels, just consider the physical level itself. You're looking at a sweet. So there is some uh, karma or desire comes into your mind and then you get closer to it, which means you get closer to attaining that. Then that is the second level of, you know, from Priya, you go to Moda and then, then you hold it in your hand and it's it's like all, almost like a Pavlovian, right? You you start like okay, now I'm going to taste it, and that the tasting experience itself is called pramoda. That means the third level. So this is still at the physical level only, but there are these levels of vairagyam that you go through. Like if you avoid the sweet, so if uh, uh, that's where Swami Ji gives a beautiful explanation. 
mother she loves sweets okay um, so she feels that she goes through these three levels of physical like priya moda and pramoda and she's holding the sweet in her hand and now she sees her child crying so she goes and gives the sweet to the child the happiness that comes from giving that to the child is yeah, according to this upanishad is described as 100 times the happiness that you gain by eating it yourself and then and it's the the i mean i cannot describe this more beautifully than what it is what is there in the upanishad of course but it just keeps going to five levels of happiness and each time the happiness increases 100 fold okay and and swami ji also says don't get caught up in the 100 it just says the orders of magnitude going on here and that's exactly what came to mind when you said the, you know droplet of a droplet in the ocean right think about it that way there's like so many orders of magnitude but it's all coming back to the importance of that vairagyam but uh, at least in the taitriya that's the emphasis was yeah you beautifully explained uh, guns i think i think that that's the gradations of happiness i think i wrote it wrote about it somewhere maybe i'll look it up and share it with with uh, with you it's been a yeah. long time since i wrote that yeah yeah and it talks about saying that okay hey uh, at a physical level if it is one then uh, when you start uh, like what guns you explained giving it giving it to the kid and then it will be 100 the in terms of you know the measure of happiness right, right. but then again the kid is somebody related to you assuming that you give it to someone who is totally totally not related to you it is 100 yeah. into 100 then again you give it into you uh, you know you expand like that and do things for yes. do do things for uh, you know others in the form of sacrifice then it's like 100 into 100 into 100 into 100 types and some some logic it goes there and finally it says that you know finally when it comes to uh, Uh, realizing that the entire universe is you and you do everything for for mm. for, for everything only for yourself right because then there's right. no difference between you and the universe then that's the infinite ocean of bliss it's very that's, beautiful that's right. it's it's very beautiful actually the, uh, think about it as the the five sheets itself right you're going from yourself which is your physical self right and that's where i think the parallel comes in very uh, useful so you do it for your physical self then you do it for your prana or your life uh, which means if a mother feels that the child is her life then she gives it to her so there's a hundred fold then it goes to the manomaya in your mind then you go into the vijnanamaya which means you are giving it you you like you said you're giving it to somebody else and then you're giving it to an entire nation or something like that and then uh, finally you're giving it to yourself clash universe kind of thing that is the anandamaya that's like the infinite kind of thing yeah i see you got the blog also so just extrapolating right raj uh, from that uh, i've just read something you know um, on this uh, note so essentially what it says is that you know uh, when there when you know that there is an existent of object of desire it creates a sense of anxiety first right uh, and excitement to actually obtain it so this is the priyam attachment towards the external object 
Yeah. Then yeah. once we obtain the object, there is a different emotion which is moham passion, right? So we want to enjoy it, etc. But once the object is enjoyed, then another set of emotion is raised, which is uh, you know the possessive nature, pramodam, right? Which comes in play, right? And uh, yeah. what therefore happens is when the object is of desire is if the object of desire is not got, then it gives distress. But when it is reached, then and experienced, then you have a fear of losing it, right? So yes. then what happens is that again there is no true happiness, right? And if you continue to indulge in this, right, time and again, it breeds distaste because it's the theory of marginal utility. You know, you keep doing something and then you don't really enjoy, but then you do it out of force of habit, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, therefore, what he concludes is one is only objects, transient objects cannot give you uh, happiness. Okay, so that is one conclusion, which actually correlates to saying that only objects which are complete can give you complete happiness. So that is one deduction which he makes from this. And then he goes on yeah. to say, when that maturity is achieved, right? Um, and what he says here is, it is not in the completion or you know, termination of the desire, but the release of the desire, which creates true happiness, which means that, you know, the only way to therefore create true happiness is not to actually indulge in desires, which actually goes back to the Gita saying that, you know, uh, how you actually run, you know, um, you know, uh, what is Tyagananda? That is, you don't, uh, you sacrifice everything and you do things with a sense of complete uh, detachment. So that's how he actually yeah. concludes, right? And saying that this is yeah. temporary, you'll get caught in the cycle. So the only way to do it is to, um, you know, ensure that there is no desire and which comes to basically sacrificing the fruits of actions and this, this in the Bhagavad Gita, as it is said. That's how it concludes. Yeah, it is uh, quite beautiful. And I go back to what uh, Krishna K2 was saying, you know, the the desire and the anger being two sides of the same coin. Correct. That That is beautiful. Yeah, simply beautiful. Uh, yeah, actually, one more on that same Subhu beautifully explained. Yeah. So in one yeah. of the intro lectures, uh, Swamiji mentions that uh, of any transient things or pretty much anything other than Brahman, it's got this three type of uh, doshas that causes Dukkham. So three types of Dukkham. Uh, so okay. one he says is Atripti Karatva. So like no actually the first one is mishra tattvam like uh, it has got both happiness and sadness mixed with it before we get it we are very anxious we are eager about it work towards it after we get it we are worried about maintenance of losing it, it. Yeah, losing it yeah. when you lose it again you kind of go into the sadness so it's called the mishra tattvam that's like mixed happiness sorrow and all kinds of feelings the second thing is atripti karatvam like no matter how much we have we always want more uh, we have like this tendency to compare with others. So if you have one, you want 10, you have 10 rupees, you want uh, 100, then 100 right. becomes a millionaire. And then he kind of uh, makes this nice shloka that goes all the way. Then you want to be the local chief, then the king, then the emperor. And if you are even the chakravarti of the entire world, then now you want to become Indra. And then Indra says, I want to become Brahma, says I want to become Vishnu or Shiva, or you can flip the order. So everybody keeps on wanting to go to the, the next level. Karatvam. And then the third thing is Bandhakatvam. It kind of makes you bonded. Now, you have not had this thing, now you have had this new thing, and now you cannot lose it. And you're kind of attached to it, uh, and it kind of makes you dependent on that. Um, so that's like the three types of dukums that come from anything. 
I wonder why the psychologists don't use these techniques to treat their patients. It's such a powerful technique, actually. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Totally. So one question, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, pivot back the discussion back to Manisha Panchakam, right? Uh, when when uh, when you when when you read shloka four, uh, you know, and and shloka five together, right? Especially the shloka four when you look at the first part of it, which says, uh, uh, "I'm reading the English English translation upon that which in animals, man and deities, as an inner eye or ego sense clearly perceived to be present." So is that? Did you? Did anyone of you interpret that saying that is ego sense a problem or not a problem for us to discover who we truly are? Come again, Rajesh. What did you say? So if you look I, at the I is aham, right? The consciousness, right? No. Uh, no. Uh, the shloka translation. Yathiriyam. Oh. oh man, I can't read it. Yathiriyam Naradevata bi. Uh, there it says the translation upon that which in animals, man and the deities is as the inner eye or ego sense clearly perceived to be present. So that ego sense, did you understand it as Atman or did you understand it as uh, Ahankara? It is there in my sheet, is it? I'm sorry. Uh, I thought... No, no, it's in the... Uh, uh, the book that we are following, Manisha Panchakam. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. I didn't check what, how you mm -hmm. got it. Let me just check that too. I got confused there. Yeah. I, I thought it was actually the Atman only. I didn't know that he mentioned uh, ego sense there. Yeah, I think you say it's as in your uh, trans transliteration and uh, translation, you say it is mm. I as uh, uh, Atman. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Actually, you know, if you see the first stanza, right? Uh, the first stanza, it says, you know, from Ya Brahmari Pipili Kanta Tanishu, that is from the Brahma to the ant. Uh, you know, the consciousness is everywhere. And I think in this particular thing, what is interesting is um, he says, even in the human beings, it is not the mind, it is not the body, it is not the senses. I think that differentiation is coming across in this, you know, Kridayaksha uh, Deha Vishaya, okay, saying that these are insentient, but what is that uh, Brahman is actually the uh, true consciousness which is there. That's how I viewed it. So in the first sense, he says that it is there everywhere. And the second line, he actually, you know, sort of goes on to explain that, you know, even in the body, it is not this, it is not this, it is not that, you know, it's not the body, it's not the mind, it's not the senses. So. I, I, I thought it was only the consciousness, uh, Rajesh. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yes. Like a true Bitsian, I read only the, you know, the essential book that I'm supposed to read for this satsang today. So I didn't refer <laughs> any manuals or any, anything. So See, the open this. book, that's <laughs> the most difficult. You know that, no? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I haven't uh, heard uh, 
um, anything other than the reading the book. So I do need to listen to some commentary at least. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, you should. Uh, I'll send that Taratmananda's uh, lectures. I just hit upon it yesterday. I read. Uh, I went through both the lectures. It's about two hours. But it is uh, very nicely explained. Very nicely explained. Please post it in the. I, I will. I will do that. Yeah. yeah. Have sent it, huh? Yeah. In fact, uh, he also has a lot of lectures, huh? Um, loaded into the uh, that Arshaboda Center. I think New Jersey it's based, right? Yeah. Actually, he speaks very slowly, but you can, uh, you know, sort of listen to it in uh, 2x speed. Even 2x speed, you're able to comprehend what is being said. So uh, it's easier to finish it off fast. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's a little long, yeah. Anyone else? Okay, so uh, one thing which struck me uh, when 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 I was reading about is the peaceful mind, right? Which talks in the last shloka, the the palasruti when 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 they talk about the difference between the Indra and the sage lies simply in the quality of the mind that each one possesses. So uh, this month I'm chanting chapter eighteen every day, and in chapter eighteen there is a verse which comes in in Gita which says that. Uh, uh, Ishwara Sarva Bhuta Nam Pruddeshe Arjuna Tishthati Brahmayan Sarva Bhuta Ani Yantra Rudhani Mayaya. It says that. And the, the translation for that is In the heart of all beings, O Arjuna, resides the Lord, whirling all of them by his Maya as if they were mounted on a machine. Okay. So it says that, you know, uh, it, it, it goes back, it goes back to the fundamental saying that. Whatever you think that you are doing, you think that you, you, if you think that you are doing it, actually, that's not true. You are like a cog in the entire wheel that you are doing it. And as long as you realize that you are the cog in the entire wheel, then you switch from, you know, doer, accept, doer, enjoyer kind of a mentality, the ego sense to just, just doing your duty just because you were there in that time and space at that particular point of time and then do it. And I think the way it connects to this is that the moment we switch the ego, the, the hankara, which says that, okay, I am doing it, therefore I have to enjoy it. If you just get rid of that thing, then when the ego just goes off, then the entire thing, you know, melts like the salt boat, the analogy that you used into yeah. the ocean. I think the toughest part is getting rid of that ego, saying that I am doing it, therefore I have to be benefited by it. Okay. Only I have to be benefited by it because it was my best efforts. All that stuff should go away. And I found that connection with that Gita Shloka uh, very useful because uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, 
what I'm slowly realizing is in, in, in all the spiritual sadhana, we are only trying to get rid of the ego sense, which somehow seems to be in, within us. About yeah. This entire spiritual journey itself is about uh, inner transformation. No? Yeah. It's about uh, gaining that purity and, uh, you know, losing this, you know, uh, dissolving your eye, right? In yeah. a small eye. In, yeah. There, there, there is probably a little bit of a fear at one point of time to say, okay, if, you know, if I, if, if I lose my identity, what will happen to me? Who am I? But then, you know, once you overcome that, there is a larger I, that is who you are. Then I think that fear just vanishes. I think Guns, you mentioned, you write about that in your book very, very well. This is, uh, which place are you talking about? Sorry. No, we're Are talking you... about the ego sense and how fear creeps in when 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 one has ego, and then yeah, yeah. how the when once the ego vanishes into the bigger bigger atman, then how fear becomes fearlessness. And I think you talk about your journey in terms of correct, correct. fear and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that is one of the the five Fs that uh, I I keep going back to and. This fearlessness is definitely one of them uh, because you start imagining whether you feel it or not is a different thing that, uh, you know, different levels of realization, right? But uh, at least in my case, I can say that uh, even if I'm talking with some major personality or somebody who's very powerful or something, I really don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> It's it is yeah. uh, that 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 ego sense is slowly it fades away, and uh, uh, it really is a is a very fearless feeling. You know, uh, it's just a you you start imagining like okay, here's just this physical form. So what? I mean, all this power and everything is like fictionalized by us human beings, right? So, that's that's where I was going with, with that. But you can't do it all the time, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, I, I uh, if you see, Raj, time, no, no, Raj, it's <laughs> not like that. Without knowing, uh, you have traveled the journey so far, right? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. yeah. So we will travel some more journey and we will cross. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. But, but that is, that, uh, even my friend last night asked me, like, what is it that you have felt after you went through this? writing exercise and I told her exactly the same thing this this fearlessness is one of the big things that I notice in myself and it is a it's that it's a definite change yeah. see that's what yeah. um, you know the when you look at the five values of Satya Dharma Shanti Prema even if you were to follow one of them we know the noodle theory right uh, Satya if you were to yeah. Satya has got a lot of power yeah there is uh, Satya is very powerful you know, sometimes we feel it is easy to slip away, but I'm saying if you talk the truth and you keep to that, you know, Satyam Bruyat, Priyam Bruyat, Na Bruyat, Satyam Apriyam, you just follow that and keep following it for some time. It gives you tremendous strength. And trust me, yeah, I mean, even if somebody is, you know that somebody is not giving the full picture to you and probably hiding a lot of things, you just look into him in the eye and ask him the same question again. Satya can be very, very, very powerful. It can really unsettle the person on the other side. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, when we start doing that, you know, over a period of time, we gain that confidence and we gain the courage as well. And that is where, you know, one, uh, I read a story just recently about uh, Mahapariva, 
talking about trikarana shuddhi okay a uh, slight deviation sorry but uh, you know it was very beautiful so um, you know he asks a, a group of students he said uh, you know you're writing exams now physics chemistry math right so he says is it okay that if you get 90% in math and then 30% in chemistry and then 70% in physics you know will you pass so they obviously said no you can't pass because the system doesn't allow you you need to do well in all three so he said similarly in your daily life you have to do well in thought word and action okay that is trikarana shuddhi right you have to get 90% 95% 100% in all that now going further um when you look at thought and you say and uh, you know you look at uh, words right um the gap that comes there that is what i think i'm not able to say is because you don't have the courage to do it okay right um and what you say you're not able to do because you're not sticking to your commitment so if you want trikarana shuddhi also that is you know um, thought word and action ka you know unification then you need two qualities courage and commitment right commitment you see it as efforts or whatever it is that whatever i say i'll have to do and then whatever i i'm able to think i'm able to say right and when you achieve that kind of an integrity of you know trikarana shuddhi automatically you will become fearless because you will have courage and you will actually uh, tread the path of commitment you will deliver what you are actually expected to do so i thought it was a very nice uh, you know a story to just share but 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 subhu uh yeah. you know, i re- i read a similar kind of a uh, thing more or less the same uh, but uh, swami ji also says in that saying that you don't have to tell everything that you think but you have to say only what you think yeah correct so it doesn't matter you know if, if you, you can think 100 things out of which yeah. in a particular situation out of which you know you can say only two but those two you must have thought yeah no, but what actually no no absolutely Arbitly this is where that satyam bruyat priyam bruyat everything come no you speak the truth right i mean in the sense uh, see one is you're obviously not all of us are not 100% pure in the mind right to be able to speak everything that we actually uh, go through in the thought but whatever we say has to be a reflection of what we think right so that's that's exactly the point you're also making yeah but as we start moving in this direction uh, the purity will help us to you know cleanse our mind cleanse our actions cleanse our thoughts words everything in such a manner that you will start following and start improving maybe first today we are starting at 50% or 60% then 70 80 yeah. 90 start moving forward yeah no i i state i i say that because you know you don't we don't need to say uh, everything that we think because sometimes we get this into this dilemma and i have gotten into this dilemma saying that in this particular situation i have thought about you know n number of things only if i tell all the n number of things to the other person then i'm being honest but that's not true you don't need to do that yeah, yeah. even in chapter 6 we read right a doctor need not go, go and tell the patient yeah. everything yeah, that yeah. you know what he thinks it could be right so that's where that speak truth which is palatable comes in place na bruya satyam apriyam right right just one note on the uh, the we are talking about the ego ego and ahamkara uh, sureshwaracharya calls that uh, ahamkara kanchukam kanchukam means uniform so when we are in deep sleep we are one with everything just that we do not know but as soon as we come we immediately put on the uniform of i me my family my name my work my world 
my city and everything so that, that was so beautiful just like the word yantra rudani like how it's like a modern term too that we can understand just like a machine we are a cog in the wheel and just like this this uniform makes so much sense ahankara kanchukam nice actually i have concluded one thing after having read the geeta right uh, that the, the biggest problem that we seem to be struggling is that ahankara yeah in fact uh, satyasai baba says you know in his lectures that ego is the origin of sin right anything that you are doing papam in this world is because uh, it has its uh, genesis and roots to the ego ego is the origin of sin subo i loved your story about i want to be happy you should probably narrate it that was what's that uh, subo will do that i want to be happy no 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 uh, this is also satyasai baba only yes, uh, yes. so he says uh, you know i want peace is what we normally say right so i is ego and want is desire so you remove ego and you remove desire you will be left with peace so so only people uh, they can say something like this you know so beautiful so simple but it's a mahavakya itself right <laughs> so very cool very yeah. cool i just love that so much all right so uh, 715 so maybe you know there are a lot of uh, folks who are still on mute maybe just was checking if anyone wants to share anything from by uh, either in the last two shlokas that we did today or the entire manish pacham I take that as uh, uh, more or less completion of this uh, uh, five verses. So uh, next week, I think we are going to uh, revise. So my uh, sincere request would be, you know, please do not, uh, you know, pass off the opportunity to revise, because I feel that um, the more that we start expressing things in our own words, I think the more internalized it will get into. Otherwise, it will be just a theoretical knowledge, which is not what we are we are looking for here. so uh, my request is please take the opportunity even if it is 1 minute 2 minute that's okay it doesn't really matter and anyway i'm i'm almost sure that we'll be repeating the entire message each person but that still counts as nidityasanam uh, so uh, you know i would encourage each one of us to please take that moment to kind of you know please come and uh, talk about what struck with you in those uh, uh five in these five shlokas in manish panchakam and do it whichever way that you want you know there's no problem with it okay so next week we will revise and since we have some time in subu would you can i request you one thing would you please chant all the five shlokas so that we can conclude it with a big bang and please oh. uh, please uh, uh post it so we can follow it i mean uh, share it so we can follow it while you chant Just one second. He's talking about next week, right? Good time. So you want him to stand now? No, we have twelve minutes, and I don't want to waste the time. I just want to use it effectively. Next week we will revise. I see. Yes. Okay. One second. Huh? Just give me a minute. Yeah. 
so your chanting is just very powerful man it's awesome yeah, absolutely yes yeah yeah totally we have to inspire other singers in this group to also help us out <laughs> just one second we should start volunteering other people i know i know <laughs> ranjini is one person that uh, yeah she's very good yeah i mean i heard the nirvana shatakam it is awesome yeah yeah so krishna maybe you should volunteer ranjini now <laughs> I I can do like when we get to Bhagavad Gita, maybe one or two. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One second. I just uh, tell me if you're able to see my slide. Uh, so what I have here is actually. Uh, we don't see your slides. Yeah. Just just one second, please. If you want, I can share it. No, no, no. I I'll share it. Uh, what I it's don't coming. have is it's coming right. Uh, one yeah. second, just one. Yeah, we can see. Yeah. Just a minute, please. Yeah. so i have this uh, five verses but i can start with the chandalas also right oh, so, this is going to be difficult if you have to scroll the slides right do you want me to uh, no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm good with this but before i start this uh, i just thought i will do the two verses of the chandala also yes of course yeah just one second hold on <clears throat> okay hari om <clears throat> चैतन्यवचैतूरी कर्तुंवाचसीचगच्छेतीबुनिबिंबिथेबरमनौचाटीपय पूरे चातरमस्ति कांचन घटी मृत्कुंभयो वाबरे प्रत्यगस्तुनिस्तरंगसहज आनंदबोधाबुधौ विप्रोय स्वपचोयी महांकोयम विविधे भ्रम जाग्रत्स्वुषिप्तिषु स्फुटरा या संविदुजृंबथे या ब्रह्मादिपीलिकातनुषु प्रोथा जगत्साक्षिणी सैवाहम न दृश्यवस्ति दृढ़ प्रज्ञास्ते चांडालोस्तु सतुस्तु गुरुषा मनीषा मम ब्रह्मवाहमिधम जगच्च सकल चिन्मात्रता चैतत्विद्यागुणया अशेषा मैया कल यृढ़ातिगतरे निर्मले चांडालोस्तु सतुस्तु गुरुषा मनीषा मम शश्वन अश्वरमे विश्वखिल निश्चिवाचा गुरोर् नित्यं निरंतरं विमृशता निर्व्याजातात्मना प्रदहता संविन्मये पावके प्रारब्धाय इत्येषा मनीषा मम यांगरदेवता अहमस्फुटा गृह्यते यदयाक्षदेह विषया बातिस्वेतना तां भास्य हिताकमंडल निभां 
स्फूर्ति सदा भावयन योगी निर्वृत मानसो गुरुषा मनीषा मम यौख्यांबुदिशलेषत मे शक्रादयो निर्वृता यच्छित्ते नितराम प्रशांतकलने लब्ध्वा मुनिर्वृत यस्खाबुधौ गलिदी ब्रह्मन ब्रह्म विद यचिस्सुरेन्द्रमंदितपद नून मनीषा मम नून मनीषा मम ओम तत्सत थैंक यू amazing that was good very good okay awesome. so uh, we can uh, conclude early today uh, is there anyone else wants to uh, say anything before we close this uh, satsang today it's beautiful subbu simply beautiful thank you so much thank you sairam yeah okay we conclude with a prayer om sarve bhavantu sukhinah द्रा पश्य कचिदुखभाग भाशाशाशाभ्यो नम हरि ओ Thank you, everyone. We'll be next week with uh, revisions. Bye. 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 Bye.